Hello everybody, my name is John Coleman and welcome to episode 11 of the Little All Ireland, the extra bit of class. Well, there you go, we've eight teams left in the Bond Secures uh, Football Championships and what we have is three finals that are extremely tough to call and the fourth one between Knocknagree and St. Michael's in the Senior A Football Championship has such a different narrative surrounding it in relation to St. Michael's and all of their history and Knocknagree and all of their recent history that absolutely anything can happen. So this, the championship is set for a, a thrilling finale um, in my the championships even are set for uh, trilling finales in my opinion um, so we're in the final season now and there's no doubt about it it's the best time of year the colour the pride the rivalry the bragging rights the fundraising that's going on in every club to get a bit of gear it's just absolutely magic and I live over here in Turner's Cross and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of colour around here with the nature of the area and the big wins at the bars St Michael's and uh, Nemo have had over the past couple of weeks um, I called this week's episode the extra bit of class and I really think when the push came to shove with the weekend pass that was the difference between the teams just that extra bit more than the opposition tended to get teams through and with that in mind there's only one place to start and that's St Finbars versus Castlehaven down the park yesterday um, like what a game again I thought you know after what those sides have delivered the past two years it was hard to expect any more of them you know yesterday but they delivered in spades and in many ways, I think it was nearly the most enjoyable game. You know, 2020 was exciting, if not a great quality game, and the, you know, probably summed up our mood at the time as well. It was on the eve of that horrible lockdown. We were all watching it in the stream, and, you know, it was, it was high drama, possibly not high, the highest quality of football. Last year was a just a classic, all-out classic, thrilling game. As I've said before, I left that game enthralled. And yesterday, I felt enthralled again. It felt like a continuation of that game last year. And at the very end, as I said, the Bears had just that small bit more firepower. They had that small bit more balance and that small, small bit more depth, that bit of extra class than Castlehaven. And they finally pulled away uh, from the Haven after an absolute hell of a battle again. We'll have a quick look at the Bears first. And they scored 217. Right, 216 of that was off play. The other was a mark from Brian Hayes. And a mark was kind of like a halfway host between a, a free and a shot from play. And that's incredible scoring. At any level of football, but to produce that in an all in a sorry in a county semi final is outstanding. Um, it showed as well how hard it is to keep Stephen Sherlock quiet. He he missed a lot at the start of the year. He got a knee at the club season anyway. He got a he had a little knee injury and he went for an operation. Missed the opening couple of games. Came on for a bit against Carrigline. You know, was there against Carby Rangers without you know standing out. But yesterday he was back with a bang. It's impossible to keep him quiet. He scored one six off play. One score better than the other, I thought. And he plays with a real swagger now. I watched the highlights of the 2020 game during the week. And even looking at Sherlock, he's such a different animal now. The way he, you know, he makes himself, you know, he's not standing in the corner anymore waiting for the ball to come to him. He's going looking for the ball. He, he's making more runs. He's tougher to keep track of. And he's just gone up an extra level as a player since last year, I think. And, um... Like the goal yesterday was a great finish, brilliant work from Colin Scully. We'll talk a bit, a bit more, bit more about him in a minute. And the way he just finished it, like he just had one thing in his mind. Came in along the end line and cracked it past Anthony Seymour, who had a really good game for the Haven yesterday. As I said, some of the points are unreal, um, and he's a class act. And he has Brian Hayes next to now, who again is improving as a player. Played very well yesterday. He's such an impressive athlete to watch when he gets going. Um, and for a big man as well, as we see in the hurling, he's got plenty of skill about him. And I love the way he finished the second goal. You know, so he's a huge addition to the bars the last couple of years. Killian Myers Murray, I think I've said before, which with Stephen Sherlock and McCork had to take on a lot more responsibility during the league. And I think we can see that in his performances. He kicked three excellent points 
off play yesterday off, off either foot um, had a good goal chance as well you know, ended any chipping in with a couple of points and Owen McGreevy had a quietly impressive game kicked three good points off play and his, maybe his most important score of the game was he got the first point after Michael Hurley's goal just before half time just hopped off the top of the crossbar and went over but I, I think it was a really vital score for the Bears that they didn't let Castlehaven get further ahead that they started eating into the goal deficit straight away um, and that really helped them then Ian McGuire, I thought, looked to be moving a lot better. I know he hasn't possibly been at 100% all year with a, a back issue, I think. But um, I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Um, you know, he looked really fresh, I thought. And then the, the Bears' backs were brilliant. You know, they'll pick up who's ever in front of them. You know, they'll have their man-marking jobs. They don't have, like, a, a person who's definitely going to play a centre-back. They, they, they'll work around that. And they did a lot of... Um, they got their matchups right yesterday, I thought. Uh, I was actually very happy for Sam Ryan. He got a bit hung out to dry last year. And uh, when you know he was just inside one on one uh, with Brian Hurley for a lot of the game, but you know that block he got at the end was fantastic, and he's a really good footballer. So I thought the Bears backs looked solid yesterday. Even looking at the Haven, they got that few extra scores from freeze, um, and Bar Brian Hurley and uh, Kyle McGuire in the second half, had uh, they, they were pretty much um they had them under control for a lot of the game. I thought, uh, again, as I mentioned, Colin Scully had a brilliant game. Uh, and the further and further he pushed up the field, you know, he made a difference. He gave that pass into Jamie Burns for his the, the equalizing scores for half times a beautiful pass uh, inside, and then he made a great run in the pass, you know, off, you know, hand pass off the left hand, and uh, it broke the game open uh, with fifteen minutes to go. Um, and I suppose for the Bears before Sherlock's goal, you were wondering where those missed goal chances begin to look costly. Killian Myers Murray missed one that I'd say he he would be thinking about for a while. You'd really fancy him to score too because he's usually so good in those situations. One of Stephen Sherlock's points, you know, should have, you know, could have been a goal, the one that came back off the post uh, after Ian McGuire had a shot for a point. Um, you know, ended or Ethan Toomey I should say had a palm effort that kind of went close enough. Jamie Burns for his point, you know, he could have maybe got a goal, but at the same time, maybe he was right to do the time and in short they went in eleven and a half time. And I think the Bears have got a huge amount of belief from their run to the All-Ireland semi-final last year. And, you know, going to extra time with the eventual All-Ireland's Kilku, who are one of the most respected teams in the country even before that. Um, and I think it's brought them on significantly. And they, they're playing with a bit of a swagger. Um, and they're going to be a really tough team to defeat in the final. Um, as for the Haven, like, they've had a brilliant year. Um, they just lack that extra bit of depth of class, you know, that extra bit of class that the Bears had. Um Perhaps with that as well, you you Stephen Sherlock coming into the peak of his powers, where Brian Hurley, as an amazing forward as he's been, is maybe beginning to go into decline a small bit. You could possibly say the same about Mark Collins, who's been a tremendous servant for the Haven, and both of those men will still be brilliant senior footballers for the next couple of years. But you know maybe their peak has gone, where Ian McGuire, Sherlock are, are at their peak, and um, I think Michael Hurley then as well has been has been ashamed the injuries that have blighted his career because he was such a you know an exciting talent when he broke through. And, you know, he got 1-2 yesterday and he finished the goal brilliantly as well. Just cut back in on, on the right foot. It was a great finish. Um, Kyle McGuire really came alive in the second half yesterday. Kicked three great points and had the Bears in a lot of trouble. I thought Conor Callan had an excellent game um, in midfield. But they hung in there and they went toe-to-toe. But they just ran out of gas. And I actually met Conor Callan just outside the afterwards. And he was just mentioning, you know, after Sherlock's goal, to try and chase and get the ball back after you know, 50 minutes of tough football... It's just so hard, you know, and it's hard to get the energy going. So, like, from that perspective, for the Bears, the goal just came at the perfect time. It's a real kind of knockout blow at that stage. You're running out of time, you're running out of energy to try and turn it around. So it's the perfect time, whereas maybe if the Haven had got a goal to go three points clear with quarter an hour to go, they might have had enough to, to pull away as well. But, you know, then the breaks. Um, 
And at another time, this Castlehaven team would have won more. No, they did win two counties um, uh, not so long ago. But they've been a brilliant team and given an awful lot uh, to this championship the past couple of years. And they'll be back. They'll be back in the, the last four again next year. Um, just a few bits about the game and just how level it was. So in the first 25 minutes, the teams were level eight times. There was 16 scores, eight points each. There was never, you know, they were, they were tit for tat. There was six wides, which they shared between them. And then they went level 9, 10, 11, 12 times before Stephen Sherlock's goal. There was an incredible intensity to the game for that first 45 minutes. And it had to win at some stage. And when it did, it was the Bears who took advantage the most and struck, struck gold. So it's a golden era for football in the Bears. It's their fourth final in six years. They've won two. And, um, you know, they're the reigning champions. The last time they made both finals was in 1993 when they won the Hurling and lost the football. But they're a really, really good team and they're going to take a lot of beating in the final. And afterwards, I was delighted that I didn't get a chance to get down to speak to Paul Keefe afterwards, but uh, Teresa Callan was very kind to send me on her um, on her interview with him. And again, it's something, you know, when you're working up in the media box, it's the the, the, the help and the, the support you get from other people up there is amazing. So thanks a minute, Teresa, for that. And we'll have a bit with um, Paula Donovan later as well. But she had a quick word with... Um, Paul O'Keefe after the game. Just on Nemo opposition, Paul, I think they've had the upper hand, have they, in the last oh, 2017 yeah. and the yeah, finals, 2010? Look, yeah, look, even longer than that, you know. Yeah. Look, uh, I was playing in 20... Jesus, in 1993. Uh, okay. 20, you know, Best so. manager in the world. <laughs> um, so, look, I, I was there, you know, so they, they have, look, we haven't beaten them that often in finals, you know, yeah. so look, but look, that's, that's history, you know, like if you're looking at the history books, you just got to focus on, on what you need to do in the final and look, hopefully, we get the job done. And just one other thing, your squad you used today, it didn't weaken you when you brought on your subs from both no, the look, and, 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 and look, that's, that's the strength we have, look, you know, that there's a massive panel there and, that, you know, we have huge strength and depth. You know, and that uh, look, that's the strength that we have. You know, that you look in games like this, you're going to use 20 players. You know, I'm not sure how much we ended up using. I think it was only 19. Like, but but you know, it is, it is good to look. You know, when you when you look behind you and see that there's um, that there's serious options to come on. It's great. And just on Ben O'Connor, yeah. it just didn't start him for no other reason. Uh, look, just leaving on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. it was just competition for places. Sure, to be honest, sure, you know, like yeah. I know it's, it's almost unbelievable to say that you wouldn't yeah, start him. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Give, given his physique and, and and his talent, you yeah. know. But look. He's a nice fellow to bring off the bench, you know, it's it's great, you know, so, uh, and he did quite well when he came on as well, like, you know, so it's all good. It is indeed all good out in Toker at the moment, and again, I think in that interview, Therese mentioned about the depth of uh, the Barris squad and the fact that they could leave a talent like Ben O'Connor on the bench from the start, use 19 players, um, a lot of their best players coming into their, their best form at the right time, but she also mentioned who they're going to be playing in the final, which of course is Nemo Rangers which is um, has a sense of inevitability about it in a way. Um, I said about Blackrock and the hurling that they were beginning to look ominous, and I think one could say the same of Nemo at the moment. Um, at the start of the game against Ballon College yesterday, it was like they carried a hangover from the Clonakilty and Carberry Rangers games into yesterday's game. You know, they came up against the, the blanket defence in both games, struggled with it, but still came out on top, which is vintage Nemo. And I thought they looked disjointed in the first half. Uh, Bar Connor Horgan, who had an outstanding game yesterday. And it was funny, up top you could see um, there was a couple of Nemo guys up on top. I'm assuming they're kind of analysts or selector, selectors up in the top tier. And they were getting very frustrated with it, the way they were playing in the first half. And, you know, even just before half time, they had a long range free. And Luke Hanley was after putting them, both two of them over the bar from the same type of range uh, earlier. And, you know, Mark Cronin took a quick free as well. And they, they looked a bit frustrated. And, and Ballon Colleague were doing very well at the time. Um, they sat back, 
But what Balancolic have maybe the Cabaret Rangers and Clan don't have in no disrespect to either club is they the players to break forward at pace and trouble Nemo. Um, in the two Kylies, Keane and Sean Kylie are brilliant going forward with the ball in their hands. Uh, Liam O'Connell has had a fantastic campaign for him. If Ian Jennings is very good to keep the attack going as well. And then Darren Murphy up front. So they can all make that system work and they cause Nemo a lot of tr- trouble in the first half and they would have been very happy in half time. However, Balancolic probably needed a goal and they didn't really look like getting one. Now, they got four against Carby the last day, but they had no real goal threat towards the end of the game yesterday when they pushed up more. But the game was over at that stage for all intents and purposes. And Nemo have only conceded two goals all season. And they were in the first two group games against Castlehaven and against um, Lucistown. So their defences look really, really tight. No, I suppose they came up against two blanket defences as well up until yesterday, um, which is probably going to help them in, in their defence. But that's going to stand to them big time in the final, that defensive bedrock that they have. Um and it's interesting, Balancolic are, are kind of a bogey team for Nemo, that Nemo of any um, bogey teams. But I was talking to uh, Dennis Hurley from the Echo before the game, and he was saying he did an interview with Michal Martin during the week, and um, that the only team there's only two, the only team in Cork he's ever lost in championship to twice is Balancolic. The only other team I think he's lost twice is Corrafin. So that says a lot about Nemo's pedigree, and you know Balancolic know how to push their buttons to an extent. But as the second half went on, it was like the fog lifted off Nemo. And the real Nemo came back to the forward Nemo we perhaps hadn't seen since the, the Castlehaven game down at Tanakilty. Keen Coyley made it 9 points to 8 30, after 35 minutes. And you, you think you're in for a right humdinger of the last 25 minutes then. But the rest of the game, Nemo won by 1-7 to a point. And that was it. You know they, they really rediscovered their mojo, I think, in that last 25 minutes. There was the, the penalty was the key score, just gave that a bit extra breathing space. You know, Mark Cronin won it really well. And, you know, he's a really good player. I think there's still more in him. He played very well yesterday, but he's got brilliant ability. And Luke Conley is just in such a talent then as well. And he goes high with the with the penalty, which the, the hardest place, the, the place you're most likely to score if you go high, but the hardest one to execute. But he's that type of player who has that inner belief within him. Um, and I think their demons left him after that goal. And it was vintage Nemo from there to the finish. As I said, Conor Harbin was outstanding. You know, Luke Conley, you know, came well. Kevin O'Donovan, you know, came up the field and got a score as well. You know, he's a really brilliant player. Um, and then to cap it all off, they brought in Paul Kerrigan off the bench and he's looking for his 10th um, county medal, which is incredible. Even Barry Driscoll in the first half when they weren't going great, got, got two good scores off his right foot, which we'd more expect him off his left. But uh, yeah, Nemo are in the final. It's where they believe they should be. Um, because that's where they've been in 26 finals since they won their first county back in the 70s. Uh, they've only lost to the Bears. Sorry, they've only lost four finals ever. They've never lost to the Bears in a final. This is their fourth meeting. The last one um, the last one in 2017, I think. The, the draw and the replay were brilliant games. It might have been 2016, sorry. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, then there was 2010 or 11 when you know they, they beat them as well. At 93, which is the one that Paul O'Keefe referenced a while ago. And I remember being at that game as well. Um, and Nemo went on to win the All-Ireland afterwards. So it's going to be a hell of an interesting game. There's something about Nemo as well. It's like, you say, there's a saying about why did the Yankees always win in, in baseball? It's because of those damn pinstripes. There's, there's certain teams that get inside other teams' heads as well, just because of the tradition they have. And Nemo definitely fall into that category. Now, the Bars have plenty of their own tradition as well, and they won't fear them in any way whatsoever. But it's got the makings of a really thrilling game. And I can't wait. And I think, as Paul O'Keefe said as well, I think it's going to be a really good game of football. The last time they played in the final a couple of years ago, they two them with that in both games, and the replay was a high-scoring game, lots of goals. But I think the Bars are a lot further down the track than they were then. They're a much better team. You know, They were the coming team then. They're the... You know, one of the best teams in it. No, 
and it's going to be a very good game. As for Ballancolig, they've travelled a long way, you know, since they lost to Mallow in the opening group game back in Clyde a few weeks ago. Um, they have enough talent there, you know, Liam O'Connell and Darren Murphy have come through, younger players, and they're going to be a good senior team for a while yet. Uh, I think if you offered them a county semi-final after that Mallow game, they'd have bitten the hand off you. They've learned a lot about themselves on the way, found a bit of an identity to themselves as well, and they're good players, they're a good team. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Southside rules uh, in football as it does in her- Premier Senior Hurling. So we'll be looking at Nemo in the bars in a few weeks. And um, yeah, the only thing, it's going to be like four weeks to the final um, because of the jigs and the reels with the dual, the dual um, status of, of uh, the bars and, and, of course, Black Rock and Michaels as well. And it'll be interesting to see how they, they manage that. It's a long time for Nemo, at least, uh, and for the bars as well. So that might have a bearing on things. But uh, it's a game to really, really look forward to. And after the game, uh, Therese, again, was very kind to send me on a few words she had with Paula Donovan. And Paul's always great to talk to as well, gentlemen. This is more Nemo-esque, is it, Paul, what we saw today? Is that the last two games, no scoring, yeah. both point winners? Yeah. yeah, I suppose we got 116 today. Probably yeah. could have got another five or six, mm. that, you know, that were narrow wides, if you like. Um, but look, I... I I trust Luke when he has a ball there, and I know you see people turn their eyes up to heaven at times, but uh, he, like the, the, the ones he got today were very good and fairness to him. He took a couple of chances there in the first half. We were them in the back with the first one that went over and went out to him for the second third. I mean, you can't have it all your own way. You have to, as he says himself, you can't score if you don't shoot. Yeah, and of course it wasn't just about Luke, then you had a great array of scorers today. We did. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked through it now. Mark Cronin got in with. Uh, Conor Hogan got in with three yeah, really good yeah, ones in the second yeah. half. Uh, Alan got in with one in the first half. Barry O'Driscoll, I think, got one in the second half. Um, so it's well spread out. It's well spread out, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, look, that's, and, and that's then at the other end, clean sheets. Clean sheets. Um, anytime you can keep a team to nine points, that's always our goal when we go and play. Try and keep the opposition to nine or less. And we've been very good at, at managing that this year. Um, and again, today it was fantastic. Uh, the, the, when resolute defending there at times near the end when they mm. were dropping the ball into the square mm, mm. Uh, it was just getting, getting the question getting the bigger guys back yeah. uh, Brian Murphy was very good in commanding around the square in fairness to him uh, Histon did a great job uh, for us cornerback on there marking yeah. Yeah. yeah they were one yeah. on one there for yeah. a long long time uh, one on one when everyone else is yeah. on the pitch yeah. as well yeah, yeah, yeah. that can be a bit scary at times <laughs> but he managed it you know yeah. so and just finally him. Paul Kerrigan didn't start he did come on um, his fitness level everything is okay he's fine but I suppose we're asking Paul to be running nine and 10k as a middle eight player so we're saying if we have to take him on we prefer to br- we take him off we prefer to bring him on so like he showed when he goes in there at the end he made a pass in there to Mark Cronin from a free you know there's no one else can do that kind of yeah, almost so chipped the keeper he did so look we, <laughs> yeah. went, we went Paul on the pitch the whole, the whole game obviously but like we have to be realistic as well the man is 37 and the way the game is at the moment where you need as I said you want him to run 8 or 9k yeah. look, uh, and that's not to say he wants that the next day but like realistically you're asking to do an awful lot yes. and be impactful then still at the end of the game yes you know? yes and to have an impact sub like that yeah. on the other oh, side of it yeah that's, that's, that's it and uh, I don't know he's not happy either. I'm like, no, I'm sure naturally enough no, everyone wants to start everyone wants to start mm. I, want, I want to play still mm. I'm mm. stay mm. so like that's that's the way it is uh, where we've got we've got great confidence in him, no matter what uh, and when Paul comes on there I thought he brought that he settled down the team yeah. certainly and he was spraying the balls around which is what we want from him you know? okay and that brings us to the Senior A Football Championship. And I was down in Park at Cueven, uh, Saturday night and I thought they were two thoroughly enjoyable games. Very different games, but very enjoyable games. And I think what we saw was uh, four teams committed to attacking football. I thought there were some great scores kicked. And in general, I thought they were just two very good contests. 
Um, what does that say about kind of football in Cork? I don't, I don't know where the, the lower grades, and I think I said this the last football podcast, are that bit more enjoyable to watch sometimes. Um, I'm not so sure why that is. Um, maybe they're just a bit more even, so the contests are, are more that way. You 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 lack the behemoths that, that are there at Premier Senior level. Um, so the teams then, I think, maybe uh, as a result of a bit more freedom to play. Um, what definitely makes a big difference in football and, and in hurling uh when the games go down to Parky Cueve, it makes it has such a huge influence in the games. I think, and I think I particularly notice in the kickouts um, in the game on Saturday, the game on Saturday, particularly in the Black Rock, or sorry, in the St Michael's and the O'Donovan Rossa game. You know, Ryan Price and Martin Burke, you know, pinging kickouts into space. There's so much more room for players to make their runs into, and it makes the job of a goalkeeper that small but easier. And I think on the flip side of that. I think the size of Parky Cueve makes it much more difficult for uh, blanket defences to be put in place, particularly at the lower uh, the lower grades in football. Teams might lack lack that bit of conditioning. They don't have the same amount of time to get obviously to put um, those blanket defences together. And I think it all makes the game that bit more entertaining. And I think that's definitely what I felt watching the games on Saturday night. Now we're going to have to start with Knocknacree and Clyde Rovers because. Like what more can you say about Knocknagree? Like their journey the past ten years has been incredible. Um, I think I might have said uh, earlier this year that I thought that Knocknagree might have plateaued, uh, that they might have going into the Fermoy game even when they were after losing their first two games. You know, only lost by a couple of scores to to St Michael's, uh, lost to a late goal to Bishopstown, and I thought maybe going into the Fermoy game they'd have been happy to have an easy win. And you know, just to maintain their status and go and build again, um, you know, take it as a year's a year of kind of just you know re reassessing and reestablishing before pushing on again. Um, but as ever, I was completely and utterly wrong about that. And here they are in the Senior A Football Championship final. I remember going to see them last year when they played. I saw them three times last year, and they looked so good when I saw them play against Bishopstown. And then I saw them in the quarter final against the Donnies, and. What struck me about them that night is they maybe looked a bit, um, you know, a bit bit intimidated by the occasion as much as anything else, which doesn't really make much sense because, you know, they're so used to playing in finals and everything like that. But I think they got stuck in a moment that they couldn't get out of in terms of a really bad pun. And there was a really tight game that didn't suit this type of football they played. It was up in Parky Rain. Now, the Donnies did well to dig win out of it and deserved it on the night. But I think Knocking Agree played with a lot more freedom on Saturday night down the park. Um, perhaps the nature of their qualification from the group where you know they went into that for my game, maybe with relegation hanging over them to turning into easy victors and you know, all you know, they're on a get a bit of momentum behind them. And I think they brought that with them into the game. Um it was a fascinating game and again some of the score taking was phenomenal. Like take take Clyde for the first half. Clyde had eleven shots and goal in the first half and scored nine points. Um one of those shots dropped short just about and the other one was the last kick of the half uh, that went wide from uh, David Walsh. Like everything else was over the bar, and there's none of them easy scores. They kicked great scores. You know, um, Kevin Graham kicked a couple of lovely points from play. Connor Flanagan kicked a beauty. Connor Corbett kicked two lovely points. Dan Callan had a couple. You know, kicked one beautiful free from out under the south stand. It was a great score. And Owen Walsh kicked a good point from play as well. So some of the score taking in that first half from Clyde was unreal. And I think. From a cloudy perspective, whatever about the results Saturday night, long term, I think they're going to be quite happy where they're going because they're a very young team. And they're very different to the cloudy team we got to know about 10 years ago, 
went further, you know, they got the, you know, three, four Premier Intermediate Finals in a row before getting over the line in 2013. That Those teams were kind of built on just sheer competitiveness and good footballers at the back, but maybe lacking a bit of class up front. But I think um, their future is bright for them from that perspective. They, you know, they, particularly the nature of the scores they kicked on Saturday night. Um, I'm not going to agree, you might have felt that the game was getting away from them a bit in the first half. You know, they kicked five wides, um, a couple of frees that they missed as well in that period. But they finished the half really well. Like, so Clyde, they looked like they were kind of just after, you know, taking control of the game. They got three points ahead. And then Cantor, or sorry, not going to agree, they finished the half really well. They got the last two points at a half and that put them in a really good position after half time. And then they went on to get the first three points of the second half and that kind of put them ahead for the first time. Um, but it was a really good game. I said one of the most fascinating aspects of the game was the contest between Daniel Omani and uh, and Connor Corbett. You know, two right, two of the best young talents in Cork football at the moment. I really enjoyed the way they went at one another. I thought Corbett kicked three great points off play, got fouled for a couple as well. Um, you know, off the left, off the right. You know, he he was good. You know, I maybe sometimes it can happen at club level when the players that good from a club perspective. You want maybe on the ball a bit more. You know, to get him in that position a bit more, but maybe uh, that's expecting a bit too much of him as well, especially considering he's just come back from injury. Um, and Daniel Omani then was, um, you know, in the second half was outstanding. After half time, two of those first three points that um, Lachlan Agree got after half time, because he made them, you know, bursting forward for centre back with two good passes. He gave her one cracking ball into. Uh, Fintan O'Connor who marked it well and I think he popped off the other one to, to um, Matthew Dilworth if I remember and he had a key role in them so but like not agree as well you know like John Fintan Daly often points out that they're missing a lot of players um, you know injury they're missing his own son John Fintan Daly looks like he's out for the year and you know Connors suffer from a lot of long term injuries or Max Sweeney only started on the bench so like everything was kind of set up for not agree not to win the game but yet they went and won it and what was key to that, I think, was their spread of scorers. Fintan O'Connor, who's one of their best players, he got like 1-5. Um, Matthew Dilbert kicked three good points from play. Neil O'Connor did the same. Dennis O'Connor, one of the corner forwards, got a couple of scores. And Michael Maxwell, he's only 17-18, kicked two two lovely points as well. Um, so it was really good stuff. And like I suppose Clyde against O'Donovan Rasa, like Dan Callan just was outstanding in that game. You know, he gave them that out ball and, and they got, you know, goals out of that, which which helped them, you know, get the, take the direct uh, route to the semi-final. Mac Negree were kind of good at trying to cut off. Danny Cooper kind of played back in front of Big Dan to try and stop the high ball in. And there was only one time he really got the hands on the ball and that was in the second half. First time he was left isolated one on one side, caught a great ball and was fouled. And you'd wonder if he'd have just got away and got the goal in, what kind of big difference it would have made. But in saying that, no, Keenan Buckley did, did really well in him. So it was so close going into the last, you know, 10 minutes. And Owen McSweeney then, like, he's a, he's a top-class footballer. I love watching him. And he had three shots in the goal when he was on the, when he was on the pitch. The first um, was the ball that came back off the post and Fintan O'Connor stuck the goal and probably really helped uh, Nock agree to get the, the win and then he got the lead score and he got the last score of the game as well and every time he put the fist up in the air like the minute he kicked him he knew it was over or close enough to the target and it was kind of really cool to watch that as well a bit of personality about him um, but yeah I suppose his difference off the bench made a huge difference too as well in, in those couple of scores and maybe Nock really lacked that bit of depth now Clyde emptied the bench and got three points off the bench as well but his his contribution um was phenomenal to the game I thought on Max Sweeney. Um it's very hard to 
to describe what an achievement it is for Knocknagree to be where they are. It, it's off the charts. Uh, but there's nobody better than John Fenton Daly to try and make a bit of sense of it. And it was a pleasure to speak to him after the game. Uh, John, the fairy tale continues. What a fantastic second half performance that was. Yeah, well, I suppose, look, John, they, 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 they just don't give up. And, um, you know, I'll say it again, we come up from junior. I'm in this job 10 years when I started. We certainly weren't in the top 100 in Cork. Um, I think the big the big ambition, not in the Greece, I think that before I came in and before the management team came with me in 20, what year was it, 2013, start of 2013, we had reached, listen to this, we reached 10 Dohalla semi-finals in junior football in a row, four replays, and we lost them all. So it took a couple of years to win a Dohalla title, and we worked it from there. But once 2017 came, we won the county in 2017 eventually. Uh, won the Munster, became the first cock club to beat Kerry opposition in 10 years, I think, in Mallow in the Munster final. Won the All-Ireland in 2018, won the Intermediate Championship in 2019, won the Premier Intermediate in 2020. And here we are in the uh, Senior A final of 2022, which is uh, a fair achievement. Um, you know, it, it shows that we've developed a culture, we've developed a bond, we have a playing style, we kick the ball and you know, we put the foot into the football if we can, that's the way we like to play. With great self-belief, we have no, you know, fellas have no ideas about themselves, they're not above their station, and we had to play this championship with some of our best players. You know, um, when we played for mine in the, in the last game of the group, not long do we have to win, Hank says, not long do we have to win, we had to win by a score. We scored three goals. Now, we hadn't scored three goals for three years since 2019, and in 2019, we scored 22 goals in six championship games that we won straight from wire to wire. And those 22 goals were scored by Anthony O'Connor, Owen McSweeney and John Fenton Daly. We had none of them against Fermoy. Those last two players I mentioned, we don't have them even now, but Owen McSweeney came out tonight as a sub, and you saw the difference he made. So, I mean, it's a fantastic um, fairy tale, and uh, I'm, I couldn't be prouder of him. I'm, I'm really proud, and Barry's passing me here now. Barry's a wonderful guy. He's, they've, had a, they've had a great run as well, Clyde. There's not much, John, to the great championship. The county board changing the championships and promotion relegation and now bringing up the number of grades, it means there's very little between teams. It was a quality game, and uh, there was never much in it. It looked like it could go to extra time, but, you know, we showed huge resolve, and we showed great resolve off the bench. I th- yeah, I think Owen Maxwell, as you said, had a huge impact. He got two point two of the winning scores of the game. His his ball came back off the post for the goal, and Correct, and, yeah. and of course, Fintan O'Connor in the right place at the right time. But I thought when Clyde, when he went up the three points and Clyde kicked three in a row, I thought the way he responded to that in particular was very impressive. Yeah, and we've had to do that, John, at different times, the ebbs and flows of the game, and you had to be able to take a breather. And you know, when when you've won the titles, we've won. We're in our fourth. What is it, our fourth county championship final in Cork in six years? And you know, Munster and Ireland thrown in. We won five county leagues. You learn how to take, uh, uh, you know, you know, learn how to take a flake and take it on, 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 on the chin and come back. You steady yourself, you rethink about what am I supposed to be doing here next and you, you just go back to your method, you go back to your technique, uh, you go back to your process and you work it from there and you don't panic. I thought in the second half today as well he pushed on a small bit more, did you? Because I, I, I suppose you were a bit worried about Dan O'Gallan's threat in the first half, but I thought yeah. in the second half he kind of played it a bit more freedom, I thought. Well, we probably done it to chase the game more, and, and we, we, we would normally keep Danny Cooper back to cover the likes of Dan O'Callaghan. Look, you don't come across the Dan O'Callaghan's in anywhere in Cork very often. I mean, I was having nightmares during the week looking at his fetching. He's a basketball-style catch. He's very, very dangerous, and if he gets inside you, he'll get a penalty, and what's more, you can concede a black card if you take him down. So we knew, but I thought Keelan Buckley was warrior-like tonight. I mean, he's been that all the time, Keelan Buckley. He's a wonderful player. And Danny Cooper was minding him, but when we had to push up and score, Danny did push up your right, but later in the game then he dropped back again because 
All Dan needed was one ball, and I think they wouldn't have beaten O'Donovan Rasa only for Daniel Callahan, Callahan's impact. Not a game I saw, but that's what I'm told. So, like, it was a fantastic achievement for us to keep him. I wouldn't say uh, keep him quiet because he also was a dead ball. Jeez, he's an all-wrong footballer. He's a dead ball kicker as well. Tremendous dead ball kicker. So, yeah, that was difficult. But, you know, we, we found a way. I'll just ask you two more questions then, Jonathan. Then I suppose the first one, you're a small place, but you're a balanced place. You, great performance all over the park tonight. A fabulous spread of scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, three points off freeze a couple of matches. They won 14 off play, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. And th- thought Daniel Manny was outstanding at centre-back. Yes, he was. With backs yeah. in your midfield. Just the whole, yeah. Michael Maxwell, I thought, had brought numbers. Yeah, well, Michael Maxwell, you know, when you, when you look at it, I don't want to be pick out individuals here. Um... I don't want to pick out individuals, John, but I would say to you, when you look at those three players, when Antonio O'Connell was playing, he was getting 60% of our scores all the time. When he got injured and did his operations, couldn't get back, people said we didn't have a hope. I'm talking about a hope down at Premier Intermediate level. But you know what? We're a harder team to oppose now because the scores are coming from everywhere. Michael McSweeney replaced the one for the last couple of championships against his first cousin. He's only 17. Dennis O'Connor has replaced his first cousin, Anthony O'Connor, inside number 13. And he's done so, so he's only 21. Niall O'Connor, who's only 20, replaced my son, John Fenton Daly. And they tell us we're an old team. Um, Ten of the team that played there tonight between subs and all are under the age of 23. So anyone is trying to tell me we're an ageing team, we're not an ageing team. It's the fact that we have been... Winning so much in such a short space of time, people thought we should be gone over the hill by now. And a lot of people thought we should have gone away and rested on our laurels. But there was boys in the dressing room, they're ambitious. And finally, the year will end as it started against St. Michael's. It will. And look, it's, it's going to be very difficult because they're a, they're a super team. And look, they, they're, their turn has come to win the, this championship. But we're not worried about that tonight. We know we have to go back and play them again. We've played them twice. We've lost twice. I imagine they'd be raging hot favourites going to the final. That's what you, you expect. Should they have multiples of our population? Like, we shouldn't, we have a population of 600 people. We shouldn't be at this level. Like, what have they? 100 times our population? I don't know what size it is. We played Bishopstown, we played Fermoy. All these places are way bigger than us. But you're right. In our place, there's only one thing matters. There's only two things matter, not in the way. One is, uh, is, is Irish music. Um, you know, uh, uh, polka set density and all that. We have a tradition for it down there. But football and hurling in our place is a fun game. And I make no bones about it. We're right on the border. We're in Ratmore Parish. We're the only club in Cork in the parish of another county. We're in Ratmore. We should be in Kerry. And we have that football mentality. And we think about nothing else morning, noon and night. Well, I'm glad you're in Cork anyway, John Fitton. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was very interesting the way he spoke about that mentality. It didn't something I love to discuss at a later stage as well in relation to football in Cork. But again, what a 10 years it's been for Nocknagree. Um, I remember growing up the story about Rock Chapel and how they went from junior to senior in in the mid to late eighties, and what you know what an incredible thing that was at the time. You know, Rock Chapel were still a really tough club, produced really good players, um, and great competitors. But like it, it, there's even something more I think impressive about what Not Nagir doing now because there's more grades. It's it's just harder to rise through now. You you know, you know it's it's just that bit tougher to to win that many counties you know they've won a junior county they've won an intermediate a county they've won a premier intermediate county and they're still not at the top level you know they're in the senior a county final now um but there's no doubt that experience will stand to them and they've won as we said there they've won last step to go and that is against uh, saint michael's and saint michael's did what they had to do against O'Donovan rasa on saturday evening and i've mentioned before about michael's and like what do you want to do in terms of how do you gauge success in a club? You know, um, 
Michaels have been in six finals in the past eight years, four Premier Intermediate finals. This will be their second Senior A final. Like that's an incredible level of consistency, you know. Now they haven't got over the line in those finals, but they keep coming back again and again and again. So what do you say to that? I, in my opinion, that's incredible success. Um, obviously, they prefer to have a county title at the end of it. Maybe this will be there. They'll get over the line, but what would you prefer? Like, would you prefer to be stagnating at a grade and? contributing nothing to a championship you know settling for mediocrity and you know just maintaining your status or would you prefer to be you know in and around the business end of a championship year on year like i know where i prefer to be um there's a lot of pain to be taken from that but i think that pain has worked it be you know and stands in the long run and you know success is such a it, there's a thin line there between between success and failure obviously um you know and i think even again you know the new system, I suppose, has stopped that those club that that threat of stagnation over the years, but you definitely can't say that Michael's are boring anyway. And they play good football and they play great football um, on Saturday night with a serious pace to them. You know, a couple of players who stood out to me from that perspective as well as the way they broke out the fence was their wing backs. You know, Tom Lennon and Peter Cunningham, Daniel Lennon up front as well. You know, Andrew Murphy and Daniel Meaner very mobile in the middle of the field. Alan O'Callan anchor, Alan O'Callan anchor at well as centre back. And they did a bit of class up front then as well. Um, they played lovely, you know, interplay football at times. You know, very good uh, running off the shoulder, you know, popping the ball in and something coming through. Um, you know, they have a good commitment to attacking football. They kicked some great scores. Like, they kicked 219 off play. I don't think they had a wide in the first half. I think they had only two or three across the game. Um, they were so impressive to watch. Maybe that style of football leaves them open. But I think when they play not in a green the final, it's going to lead lend itself to being a very exciting game because you've got two very good footballing teams who are well able to score um they have a strong bench you know they introduced some good players off the bench as well um you know robbie cotter who had a unbelievable weekend last weekend when you know the black rock beat arizona like he, he it was my first time seeing him play football properly and my god he was pretty impressive he got one six you know one four off play kicked four wonderful scores in the first half when the game was a bit tighter as well you know left foot right foot you, know, you see him at some stages he sold us with the left sold us with the right you know such you know really balanced player really nice to watch adam hennessy kicked four points from you know the other corner forward you know the hager he's a good player so michael's look very very good now in saying that i think skib deserve an awful lot of credit like they hung in there they, they made it very competitive at times they caused michael's a good bit of trouble and they really blew the game right open just for half time. You know, Paddy Crowley bursts up the pitch. He's a really good centre back um, for Skib. And he probably fouls the ball. He throws the ball, I think. But anyway, he gets away with it. And he's so clever then. He, he's true in goal. And instead of, you know, shooting, he fires the ball straight across the screen. He knew exactly what he's doing. Picks out Dylan Howard he sticks it in the net. And all of a sudden, like, you know, there's, there's nothing in the game. And Michaels are getting a bit of a test, even though they're playing really good football, kick good scores. But, you know, freeze from Kevin Davis, a couple of other scores, and skip right in the game. And then twice after half time, they managed to get, get it down to a point, but they never got level. Um, and then in the end, you know, Michael's class just told it was too much for skip. But, you know, it's been a very good year for Rossa, you know, particularly after last year. During the semi final two years ago, last year was a very disappointing for him, but now they have that out of the system. Um, I think they'll want Michael's to go up. Um, most clubs will, I think, bar not agree, obviously, because they're in the final. And that's not because of kind of, you know, the Corinthian spirit of um, performance, but it should give the other teams a better chance of going up, I think. 
it's a very level championship and I think that uh, Skibber in a good position to kick on for from next year so that's the Senior A Championship there were two really good games and I think we're blessed with a really good final um, great narrative you know you've the, the huge metropolis of you know Black Rock and Ballon Temple and Mahan coming up against Knocknagree you know John Finch and Daly said 600 people versus you know you know, a couple of, you know, 20, 20,000 people. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting final and one uh, that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, that brings us then to the Premier Intermediate Football Championship. And, you know, there's a theme across the football championships of clubs who have been close to getting over the line. We just spoke about Michaels. Um, and it's the same at Premier Intermediate Football level. And where was that was most evidence was the game between Kilimanjaro and Kanturk. And it sounded like an absolutely gripping contest, you know. Uh, both teams, as I said, a bit like Michael's, Cantorque have lost a couple of finals. Kilimanjaro have been there, thereabouts for a long time now. You know, they've made the last three semi-finals in a row, I think, without getting over the line. I think Cantorque have beaten them in three of the last four semi-finals, or have knocked them out of the championship in three of the past four years. So you, you two kind of nearly clubs clashing in that game. And I said a few times in the championship that I thought that, you know, Kilimanjaro, the way they they beat Ivleary after losing the first game to Nemo, I thought they were coming into this in a good place, you know, they got to the semi-final of the Keller Shield, but again, it just shows there's nothing in it, because Kantorka are a right good team, and um, it, it was funny how a game can change, Ryan Walsh was taken off after 37 minutes, he comes back on for the second half extra time, and kicks two points to win the game for Kantorka. It, it's incredible how someone's fortune can change within the 80 minutes of a game, never mind from week to week. Um, so, Kanturk are back in the final, they've lost two of them, and they'll be looking to, they'll be looking to set that right. You know, we, we all know about the, the talent that they have, you know, all the Walches and, you know, trying to two McLaughlins, well, John McLaughlin's a fine footballer. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see if they're going to be able to get over the line in the final. As for Kilnamatra, you know, we mentioned about Castellines last week, you know, sometimes, maybe your destiny is to just be that nearly team. Um, Klein were there in the north. He's in the last three county senior hurling finals in a row. But in saying that, John Evans did say when I spoke to him after the Ballon College game that this Kilna match team is quite young. So maybe, and sometimes we maybe associate with a team being successful for a long time, like John Finden Daly alluded to when you, when you speak about Knock Degree, that they'd be, because they've been knocking it over a while, they're an old team. And we can make, but they've been rejuvenating the whole time in, in between. So, you know, Kilimanjaro, they're going to be, they, they'll come, they'll, <clears throat> they'll come back, um, they'll come back again next year because you've no other choice. But much like everyone else, they probably won't be too sad if Kanturk went up, considering the way three of their last four seasons have ended. Um, the other semi-final, uh, Bantry Blues had a great win against Steve Leary. And a quick word about Bantry. So Bantry got relegated last year, and they're back in the final, and that's a very hard thing to do. So if we look at all the teams that got relegated last year and how they've performed this year in com- in comparison to Bantry. Bantry looked very good all of a sudden. So last year, Island Rovers got relegated from, from the Premier Senior Football Championship. You know, they just about hung on there, uh, held on to their status this year. Knicks got relegated from the Premier Intermediate. They got relegated again. And Kinsale got relegated from the inter- from the Intermediate A Football Championship. Now, Kinsale are back up, unfortunately, at the expense of my beloved Balhasic after they won the Saudi's final at the weekend. But they're back up Premier Junior next year. So, well done to Kinsale. Let's see how they get on in the county and best of luck to them. 
Then in hurling, Carrie Toole came down from Premier Senior Hurling, didn't get out of the group. Bannon came down from Senior A Hurling, into Premier Intermediate Hurling, didn't get out of the group. The Glen came down from um, intermediate, intermediate, uh, Premier Intermediate Hurling to Intermediate A Hurling, you know, they didn't get out of the group either. Grena got relegated from the lower intermediate, which is now the Premier Junior, and I still think they're stuck in mid-Cork somewhere. I think, I'm not sure how, how, how well that championship has progressed. But again, it just shows Bantry, after relegation, to get themselves back into a final the following year is a great sign of a place. And they've been scoring goals all year, you know, and it's been the difference for them. And they got three on Saturday and it won in the game, as particularly the timing of them. I think they got their first two um, midway through the second half when they were a couple of points down and they struck back with two goals and it gave them the impetus to the end of the game it was Darren McCarthy and Arthur Coakley then Eve Leary who are top class team we'll talk a little bit more in a second they, they bring it back to a point with four minutes to play and you know Coakley you know turns up again with his second goal and that's the ball game then from there you know Rory Dean kicked five points from, from play so this is a huge chance for him to go back up with a bit of momentum behind him we when I spoke about you know stagnation a second ago we were speaking about Michaels and maybe Bantry are a great example of, again of the, the nature of the new championship how you know the disappointment of relegation has actually maybe rejuvenated them in a way you know it's it's brought them to a, a level of competitiveness that they're more comfortable at that they can develop and grow from and um, you know they're going to be in a great chance of getting straight back up to senior A after, after being relegated last year so that's going to be Bantry Blues versus Canturk in the Premier Intermediate Final. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough game to call as well. As for Eve Leary, no, they've had a meteoric couple of years, uh, back-to-back counties, and we spoke about, uh, John Finn and Daly spoke about Knock struggling to come out of Do Hollow. It's the same for Eve Leary. You know, the Musgrave Junior Football Championship is a bear pit. It took them a long time to get out of there, and when they got out, they, they, when they finally got out of Junior, they thrived. Um, I know there, and I, I had a chat to their manager, John McNulty, for a piece I did for the examiner um, last week, and he was a gentleman. But I knew they were missing Carl Vaughan uh, going into the game. He was a massive loss to them. But he really have proved that they're a top class team. You know, they, they've proved that they're more than comfortable at this level. They were very close, you know, only three points in it. Uh, bounce of the ball here or there from getting into a final and getting into a, a third county final in a row. So they're going to be a serious force at Premier Intermediate level uh, next season. So they, they've adapted very well to it. And that finally brings us to the Intermediate A Football Championship. And I think what we had here over the weekend was two serious statements of intent. And we'll start with Kilshanig and Mitchellstone, which may have been seen as perhaps the two favourites for the, for the championship. But Mitchellstone in particular have been knocking at, on that door, you know, up the Premier Intermediate level for a long time now. Um, I remember just before the first lockdown, I saw them beat Al Bullock in the... Intermediate A semi final up in Mallow, and like they looked imperious. I didn't think anybody was going to lay a glove on them. You know, Al Bullock were a good team, we'll talk about in a minute, and they went through them so easily that day. And the, the lockdown killed them, and they ended up losing the Rock Chapel in the final, never recovered from last year, and they, they shipped quite a heavy defeat, really, to Kilshanig at the weekend. Um, so, where they go from here, I'm not so sure. Uh, again, it's 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 tying in with that team of the likes of Michaels, the likes of you know Kentucky and Lamatra, you know years and years of disappointment of being a nearly team, and at what point do you become from a nearly team to kind of start taking a couple of steps backwards? So it's going to be a, a tough winter down in Mitchellstown. As for Kilshanig, you know they won a great junior county in twenty nineteen. They've Killian O'Hanlon back from injury himself and Kieran Toomey kicked one seven between them. Um, it's a good club. There's a lot of great work going on down there. Um. 
so they're back in the final and they they won't be uh they won't be they, they'll back themselves big time to win that um and that brings us to uh Al Bullock, who had a tremendous win over over Borbui last year's junior champions um they've got the three semi-finals in a row now um Al Bullock. they lost the 2019 final and like 410 to 17 is big scoring david thompson got two three um they also have the best Twitter account in the country, Ah Bullock, they're a pleasure to keep in track of, uh, track of. But I think maybe what Kilshanik and Ah Bullock will both be worrying about going to the final is that they're they're are hoping that they haven't left their best performance in the semi-finals because the two of them put in two serious displays, and that's going to be a very tough game to call. Uh, very looking much looking forward to it. Um, as for Borbui, it was a great year for them. You know they got promoted last year after being another nearly team that got over the line. You know they lost to Evelary in the. 2020 county final came back beat ourselves in the final last year got to a semi-final this year you know a lot of the lads will still be playing with Trump Tariff who are uh, going to be there or thereabouts in the junior Ireland county so it's been a great couple of years in Borbui they're a good team they'll come back as well so yeah we've got a couple of fascinating finals coming up in the next few weeks and in those four finals, we will see St. Finbars play Nemo Rangers in the Premier Senior Football Championship Final. In the Senior A Football Championship Final, it's going to be St. Michael's versus Knocklegree. The Premier Intermediate Final is going to be Bantry Blues versus Canturk. And the Intermediate A Final is going to be Kilshanig versus Ahab Bullock. So the very, very best to all of those clubs in the final. I hope they all enjoy the next two, three, four weeks in front of them. The very same to all of the clubs involved in the hurling finals next week. And again to all the clubs who are still uh, you know, progressing well in the divisional championships. I see Cove are, are on for another double, another another jewel, another club going well in both codes. Um, so that's it for this week. I don't, for we'll see what the next week's bring. I'm definitely going to try and do a big preview show and get someone on for the Premier Senior Hurling and the Premier Senior Football Finals. I'm not sure how I'm going to work with the Senior A final and the Intermediate final next weekend. I'll be down watching them and I can't wait to watch them. Um, but I'm not sure what it's going to be for the podcast. Probably preview and reaction and try and get a few players and stuff. I, I think might be good because it'll be the one time of year you will be able to talk to a few players is after after they when the season's over. Um, but yeah, it's been a great it's been a great few weeks. Um, I've probably said it about a hundred times already. I'm really looking forward to all of these finals. It's the best time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, the very best of luck to all involved. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Slán August Tour Ara.